For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to this special holiday week edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Jeff DeForest along with one Mike Luby Lubitz. And the week continues in the National Football League. Doubleheaders going on tonight and then again tomorrow night, which will fill what is normally a very dull slate of sporting activity on a Tuesday night. Hey, are the Heat playing? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Panthers? No? Okay, honey, we can go out to dinner then tonight. Usually not a lot uh, there in the offing, uh, except uh, it is the college bowl season. We welcome the show, though, uh, after, I mean, uh, we're in the midst, as I said, of a crazy week of NFL action. It seems like we say that every week. And one of our favorite uh, analysts on the NFL scene, the senior writer for Yahoo Sports, joins us here on After Hours on what we like to call Appeal Yourself Off the Mat Monday on our regular Ion Channel show, Frank Schwab. Senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports joins us once again here on the program. Franklin, my man, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Everything is beautiful here, of course, because uh, our Miami Dolphins are now on a six-game winning streak, and all is good. We don't even care to hear the name Deshaun Watson ever again. <laughs> I love the fact that just a few weeks ago we were talking about trading for a guy who may never play another down in the NFL, for all we know. But uh, nonetheless, that was our answer and, and our solution. And, and yet so much craziness went on around the National Football League. Uh, I, I was stunned last night, Frank. This was my experience. We're on the East Coast. I know you're out there in Denver. So uh, a couple of hours later and uh, earlier to catch the Sunday night game. And, and naturally, there's always interest in Brady uh, when he's in the spotlight, which uh, oddly there he was again in yet another primetime television game, Tommy Brady at 44. So you're thinking uh, Tampa Bay is going to destroy the Saints who uh, have been decimated by injuries this year, have hung a little bit tough under the circumstances, but uh, with Taysom Hill at quarterback, not that promising going against Shaq Barron and the boys of uh, Tampa Bay. And sure enough, I fall asleep and the game's 6 nothing. Now I'm getting 11 with the Saints. I thought it was less than that. 11 points with the Saints, and you're thinking, they're going to get destroyed in the second half of this ballgame. I fall asleep. I wake up. It's 9 nothing, and it's a final. One of the strangest results. I mean, uh, third time in his career, Tom Brady is shut out. Uh, I guess his, his three main guys. Uh, Godwin, Evans, and Fournette all went out of the game with injuries, and then he was uh, basically stripped naked there and made to look, you know, like the shot fighter he was uh, a few years ago. Well, what were your thoughts on that? Was that is that not the honest result, or was it eclipsed by Detroit beating Arizona on Sunday? I was going to say Detroit. Detroit Arizona was a weird too. At least we've seen the Saints do well against the. Buccaneers before. I don't know what it is about Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator. He he's figured out something with Tom Brady because uh, you know all four regular season games the last two seasons they've won they and they look good and every one of them they they really get to Brady somehow where nobody else can it seems. And I, part of it too is yeah, I mean when you lose four net Godwin Evans okay I mean I don't think any NFL team is not going to feel that. But they were struggling before that. They were struggling before the, the low hit on Godwin that knocked him out of the game and all that. So 
can't say it was completely that. It's it was it was it was a weird you know outcome. It was it was strange to watch because he just kept expecting. Okay, here's the drive. Here's the drive. It never happened. I don't know that it necessarily means anything. I don't know that it beyond this week. I, I mean, I don't think that you know Tom Brady's all of a sudden just decided to become washed up. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, it's just about getting healthy now. I mean, it's the Packers are going to be number one seed in the NFC. Uh, if you look at their schedule, you look at the Bucks' schedule, you look at the everything else. Uh, the Bucks aren't going to be two games better than the Packers the rest of the way. So the Buccaneers just have to figure out right now. What what do we need to do to get everybody healthy? Because we're going to have to be playing that first weekend. They did it last week, last season. They'll be fine. But it's it, it yeah the, the the whole focus of their season changed when you know you lose a game and three of your main guys go down. Wasn't Dennis Allen a guy the Raiders left in London after a yes. disgraceful mm-hmm. performance when they fired him and they they didn't even let him on the team plane? He had to wait for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle to uh, give him a ride back on one of their private jets. Something like that, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, now Dennis. Somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, who are the top head coaching candidates in this off-season cycle? And I, you know, I mentioned a few guys. Never thought about Dennis Allen, but last night really reflected well on him. I mean, he look for them to go to Tampa Bay. He's got to take over as the acting head coach because Sean Payton's out. You know, his defense shuts out Tom Brady for the first time since 2006. Uh, it, it, you look back now and you say, well, okay, he, yeah, he failed to the Raiders. It's the Raiders. Everybody fails there. They think they're a terrible <laughs> franchise. So, so you look at him in a different light now and you say, okay, he's, he's, you know, Sean Payton, one of the best coaches of our era. He's been learning under him for a few years, running a really, really good defense. He came up in a big time, you know, leadership role last night. And I think he vaults near the top of the, you know, the, the, the candidates who are going to be around in this cycle and, and these teams of vacancies are going to be looking at. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Podcast Networks. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is interesting, I, I guess, so when you look at the Raiders, you say everybody fails with the Raiders. And now now it, it uh, seems like uh, the pattern would be along the lines of everybody's career ends in disgrace. <laughs> when, when they're with the Raiders, so uh, hopefully uh, you know that that won't happen to uh, whoever ends up uh, there on a permanent basis. I know Luby is dying to jump in on this thing here with uh, Frank Schwab. Luby, why well, just and we're just going over what happened in the weekend. It's uh, we've talked about this on our morning show, Frank. Um, the Dolphins. It's funny enough, even though they struggled versus a bad Jets team, as we've seen, good teams find a way to lose to bad teams, and the Saints actually are a bad team right now without an, an explanation at quarterback. But the Dolphins found a way to win in one of those tough games, which is something that is a deciding factor for the good teams versus the bad, right? The bad teams find a way to lose those games. The good teams find a way to win. And to me, it was sort of impressive to see the Dolphins shake off a really bad start and a bad finish to get a victory against their rival Jets and go on a six, that finish off that six-game win streak. Yeah, absolutely. I always see it all the time around the NFL this season that you're not guaranteed to beat anybody. I mean, the Bills lost to the Jaguars and the Cardinals lost to the Lions. And I, beating bad teams is a skill. And, you know, everybody can pour some water on the Dolphins winning streak. Say, oh, who they beat? Well, they did beat the Ravens. They aren't a bad team. And, but the rest of it might be soft, but who cares? It doesn't matter. This is the NFL. Nothing's guaranteed. And putting together six games in a row against anybody is, is good. It's very good. And I can't believe I mean, we're sitting here. It's, Christmas basically, and we can't knock the Dolphins out of the playoff race. It's, I mean, it's, I, I don't think they're going to ultimately get there. There's so many teams in the AFC. There's such a log jam. But even if they don't get there, 
I think it's been really impressive by Flores, uh, really impressive by Tua too. I, I we kind of rolled the Tua roller coaster on Sunday, right? It was like uh, he throws the pick early, under, completely underthrows a guy after that. They're losing, not looking good. He rallies them back to take the lead, and then he throws a terrible pick six, and you're thinking, oh man, here we go again. And but he just calmly drives him down the field, gets the game winning touchdown to Dev- I think it was Devontae Parker scored a game winner. And you're like, I mean, you kind of experience the entirety of, of Tua Tungavailoa one afternoon. Like, it's the ups, the downs. I think he's improving. I think he's getting better. I think he's making strides. I think the Dolphins by themselves are making strides. And it's just been a really, really interesting story that I don't think a lot of people are really paying a ton of attention to because at 1-7, you give up on a team. Like, who cares? I don't need to worry about them anymore. Uh, but nationally, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to Dolphins. But for them – to go from one and seven to seven and seven, it says a lot about a lot of the guys in that organization. Most of all, I think Brian Flores, but it's, you know, here we go. And the rest of their schedule, look, I mean, you start looking and it's like, okay, like you said, the Saints are not a great team right now. They play great on Sunday night, but that doesn't mean they're a great team. Uh, and then the Titans, okay, the Titans have so many offensive issues that you can't count on them to score more than you know, 14, 17 points. So that's going to be a close game. And then, the, the Patriots might have everybody resting in, in the last game of the season. There is a possibility the Dolphins could just completely just run the table here. And, and if you're 10-7, and 7, you probably end up in a playoff spot. So it's, it's just been a kind of a crazy story that I don't think a lot of people outside of your area down there are caught on to. We talked about the biggest shocker, and there were a couple of them yesterday on the NFL slate, and some other shocking developments, as they used to say whenever they introduced the panic police blotter news on the local station uh, here, the local Fox station in Miami. But uh, the Cardinals lost. Now, uh, Frank, and I don't know if uh, you were involved in this uh, with us, uh, we were asking various analysts that we have on our shows uh, what they thought about the Cardinals. And I, I kept saying I, I really hadn't seen enough of them to pass any kind of you know, convincing uh, judgment one way or the other that uh, you know I thought they were going to be really good or really bad. But uh, ever since everybody said they were going to be really good and they're the real deal, uh, they've lost every game, uh, and that's two in a row, including one to the dreadful Lions, who, who we thought uh, were on suicide watch earlier this season, uh, especially with Dan Campbell, uh, this crazy man, uh, as their head coach. Now, people talked about the Lions saying they were the best 0-10 team in football, that they tried very hard, and it was only a matter of time before they broke through, got a little lucky at the end of a game and won one, which they did. But now it's two, and that was a convincing win over the Cardinals, who – just last week, uh, honestly, uh, Frank, almost everyone we talked to anointed the Cardinals as being the top team in the NFL. So where are they at? I, I don't know. This shocked me because, you know, you lose to the Rams on a Monday night. It's like, it's not great. It, it hurts you. It sets you back. But it's the Rams. Good team. That's going to happen. They went it. I mean, and this wasn't a game against Detroit where it's like a couple bounces, blah, blah, blah. They got destroyed. Like, I mean, they from beginning to end, they just got run off the field by the Lions team with that one win coming in. And now you, you start looking at just, you know, they, they play the Colts next. The Colts are one of the NFL's hottest teams. I don't think they're going to beat the Rams for the division anymore. I think the Rams win that division. If you just look at the schedule, what they, you know, what's coming up, I think the Rams are in the driver's seat there. And then, you know, the Cardinals are what they're going to go on the road and, and you know, beat uh, who, who they play. You know, I mean, who they're going to beat the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs. You're going to beat the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think so. And so you're going to go, you're, you're really looking down the barrel right here with the, if you're Cardinals of starting 10 and two, not winning your division and going one and done in the playoffs. I mean, that's on the table for them. And I think that after what happened last year when they collapsed late in the season, 
There'll be a lot more questions, you know, all the questions about Cliff Kingsbury again. I was on board with this Cardinals team. I, I thought, you know, I, I've watched, obviously I watched every game with them, and, and it's their defense is really good. Their offense it does a lot of good things. They were winning when Colt McCoy was their quarterback. They were, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was out. And I get they miss Hopkins now, but it just it looked like a totally different team the last couple of games. Kyler Murray's pressing a little bit, not making plays, making some mistakes. Their defense hasn't been as great as it was earlier in the season. I just don't know what's happened. I really don't. It's shocking to me because I don't think they were fraudulent. I really don't. Through 12 games, I think everything they did was sound. I think everything they did pointed to them being a very, very good team. And it's just falling apart for them in the course of a seven-day stretch. And now you're looking up and you're saying, again, your most likely outcome right now for the rest of the season is Rams win the division. Cardinals go on a road to face the, you know, probably the Cowboys or the maybe the Rams again or whoever. If you, you might not win the division, go one and done. And it's just it's, it's as weird as it sounds based on the preseason expectations. That'd be a really disappointing season for the Arizona Cardinals. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, and Mike Luby Lubitz with you on the Believe Podcast Network. I have a nasty habit as a degenerate gambler, Frank, and I don't know uh, to, to what level you can appreciate this, uh, where, where you make a bunch of losing bets and then you take the same losing theories and apply them again and make a subsequent series of bets that also lose. <laughs> and I bring this up because it reminds me of Jim Harbaugh, who, who made a losing bet a couple of weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers going for two at a situation where – and he has an automatic surefire kicker. And the guy's not going to miss the extra point. It's not like some schlub is coming off the practice squad and coming in there to uh, make a big point at a, at a key moment. I mean, he's got Tucker there. The guy is automatic from anywhere, including outside the stadium. So uh, he's going to get the guaranteed extra point go to overtime. Uh, people discussed that. It was after the fact. A lot of people uh, respected it. Hey, be ball there. You had momentum, whatever. I, I thought it was a dumb move. And then he does it again against the Green Bay Packers after a very similar miraculous comeback with a backup quarterback in there. He did seem to have all the momentum in the last uh, six minutes or so of the ball game there as they scored a couple of touchdowns on Green Bay and held them uh, for one of the rare times in the second half. Uh, what were your thoughts about him trying it again, especially since the percentage that uh, the Ravens have in two-point conversion attempts is fairly low? I, I believe it's like 25% now. I didn't, uh, you know, when they did it against Pittsburgh, I was like, eh, I don't know if I like this. I think you're a better team. I think you take your chances in overtime, especially when you have Justin Tucker. Uh, but this time I was kind of fine with it because I just don't think they were going to, if they lose the coin toss, you're going to lose the game. I don't think they were going to stop Aaron Rodgers. The secondary is so beat up. The team itself is so beat up. They dealt with so many injuries that as soon as they scored, I kind of said, yeah, he's going to go for it, and he should, because you take your chance on one play versus what if if you lose the, the overtime coin toss to Aaron Rodgers, you're done. And, yeah, so I didn't, I just hated the play call. You roll your guy out to the right, you take away half the field, you basically give him one option, and that was Mark Andrews. Everybody knew where the ball was going. Yep. So I hated the play call, but the decision to go for two in that situation, I was fine with. I usually – I feel like if if you're the underdog, you go for two, for two, and if you're in a situation, I think like the Ravens are in injury wise. Okay, I get it. You, you one play, you don't want to deal with. Again, if, if Justin Kentucker kicks the extra point, I think there was still 41 seconds left too. I mean, you're giving Aaron Rodgers that chance to go down, and hey, we've seen he did it against the 49ers on Sunday night earlier this year with less time than that. 
or he wins an overtime coin toss, or Tyler Huntley kind of turns into a pumpkin in overtime, and you go three and out, and you punt. You're going to lose in any one of those situations because I just don't think they could have got a stop against Aaron Rodgers. So I was fine with it. But it, yeah, but it, it happens over and over and over again. And it's like he had the two point uh, questions happening against the Browns game, and I think he's making the right calls. It's just not working out for him. And now you know the Ravens are where the Ravens look. The Ravens play at the Bengals this week. The Bengals win that game. We're not just talking about the Ravens not winning division. They're they're probably not making a playoffs. It's, it's crazy how that season's gone south, uh, just with the the injuries they've had, and, and uh, it's, that that part of it's not getting better. They pretty much face a must win game on Sunday at Cincinnati, and I don't think they can win it. And uh, and no matter what, their chances were in overtime, and it's uh, hindsight uh, the best form of handicapping. But over two and losing two ball games outright because of a two point conversions. Uh, just one thought though. And, and we often talk about how coaches uh, don't manage their time. Well, or their timeouts or in-game management, or scoreboard. Uh, if you were going to go for two and, and uh, say, Hey, you know what, if we get into a tie situation, uh, we may as well go for two at the end and try to win it without going to overtime. Why wouldn't you have gone for two on the first touchdown? Uh, because uh, then at least the percentages are with you that if you tried it a second time, uh, you might have a shot of making it. And, and then at the worst there, you're in a tie game. You have two to make one, basically, the old three to make two in the NBA. It, it seemed like from a strategic standpoint, if that was going to be his thought process to go for the win at the end, why not try it on, on the previous touchdown where you're either going to be ahead by one or, or, or you're still going to be behind, but uh, not, now you don't have to make the two-point conversion a second time around. And if you miss it there, you still have a shot to make it and, and be in a tie game. Right, and, and that I'd agree with, that he should have you, – you almost have to figure that out beforehand. You have to map out the rest of the game and say, all right, you know, we're, we're down eight. Instead of kicking the extra point to go down seven, let's just go for two right now. We're gonna we're probably going to get one of the two, I guess. And you know, and if you get the first one, you can just kick the extra point next and, and win the game by one. Uh, yeah, I think that was the mistake. I don't think the mistake was at the end. Everybody's going to talk about the last play. And I was fine with that. I, I, look, if they kicked the extra point, I, I get it. I understand it. You've been burned by that once. Just let's go to overtime. you got Justin Tucker, who, who kind of tips the field in your favor in overtime. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that was a mistake. But people will focus more on the one they had with 40-some seconds left. All right, talking with Frank Schwab, Yahoo Senior NFL writer. Follow him up on Twitter, at Yahoo Schwab. Okay, talking about the other part of that game, the Packers. It's so funny because it was the big topic in the offseason. Uh, Devo and I made fun of the fact that it was a big topic because we figured he'd be with the Packers and they'd keep winning, so it would go away, which is exactly what happened. But the Packers are winning at such a rate, and Aaron Rodgers seemed very happy. He was laughing. He was jovial. He was joking after, to the point where, like, Aaron Andrews asked him, why are you laughing? And he's saying, because I'm happy. And no one understood how to take that with Aaron Rodgers lately. Um, he loves Matt LaFleur. He's now calling uh, Gutekunz Brian, like, by his first name. Like, it feels like a lot of things have been repaired. And when you look at the teams that he's been rumored to go to, the Packers are the best team of all of them. Can we see him extending his time there in Green Bay one more year or even further? Because it feels like they're a perennial contender. The Broncos aren't, and some of these other teams aren't either. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that that's that's pretty spot on. That I mean, you go into the situation, winning cures everything, right? Like you're you're happy, and I and I think Aaron Rodgers has to. And, and this was and we talked about this. I think during the summer, yeah, of, we did. Where, where is he going to go? Where, where is he going to go? <laughs> like this, if you if your goal, like what's your goal here? If you just want out of Green Bay to prove a point, okay, that's fine. But if your goal is I want to win another Super Bowl before I retire. 
Green Bay clearly offers the best chance for that. I mean, their their coach is winning at more than an eighty percent rate in his career, and yeah, no, they haven't gotten over the hump yet. They might not get over the hump this year because it's the NFL playoffs and things happen. But they certainly give them his best chance. And yeah, everything I've heard, you know, everything is that if things are going well, he is happy. And you might figure out at some point he's a, he's a smart guy that. You know what? Yeah, I might have been mad about what this happened, this draft pick, whatever. But this is still a pretty good situation. These people love me. Uh, I have a legacy here. What am I doing? Like, what, what, what good would it do me to go to the Denver Broncos at this point in my career? Like, and so, I think he's he's smart enough to look at the whole picture and realize it's not a bad gig. Now, look, I mean. As Ted Thompson is, we heard Ted Thompson say hey, he's a complicated fella. That's in play too. I mean, what yeah. what happens if they lose two or three down the stretch? What happens if they go one and done in the playoffs? Yeah. Hey, is he going to go back in the tank and start complaining again and think maybe Denver is better for him? That's totally on the table with Aaron Rodgers. So, but I think right now, I think you're absolutely right that he, he's he's happy here. It, it, everything looks good. Everything looks fine. It, it could change tomorrow, but right now, I think yeah, I think the the I think the the most likely outcome based on what we know right now is Aaron Rodgers still at the Packers in 2022. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, uh, our friend Leslie Vister, and we're talking with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. Final thing uh, here, Frank, on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Always appreciate you coming on the show. But uh, our friend Leslie Visser, who covered the NFL forever and uh, is uh, in the NFL Hall of Fame. I was down on the sidelines for many, many years. Uh, saw every uh, type of coaching activity and behavior. Said that uh, Urban Meyer is the gift that keeps on giving if you're in this business. <laughs> because you're never going to run out of things to talk about or editorialize about because uh, it's so bizarre. Uh, what would your postscript be on uh, Urban Meyer's career in Jacksonville and uh, his very brief and what, uh, what would seem to be obviously his final tenure as an NFL coach? I mean, just... Bad in every way it could be bad. It was, I, I think that if you're making a realistic list of worst head coaching hires in NFL history, he's got to be number one. Like, I don't even know, you know, everybody wants to say other people just to be like, oh, hey, I remember Bobby Petrino. Uh, Bobby Petrino was not this bad. <laughs> like, he was bad. Don't get me wrong. Like, like, he was bad, bottom of the barrel. To, <laughs> yeah, like even Cotide or, I mean, I, there's a ton of guys who were bad hires, but this guy checked Freddie every Kitchens. single Freddie box Kitchens. of being a bad <laughs> hire. <laughs> yeah, he was bad too. Yeah, he was really bad. Um but it, no, it's Urban. Urban's number one on that list. Every single way, he brought shame to the organization. He lost a lot of games. He wasted a year of a uber prospect at quarterback. Like I mean, everything he could do. But you know, I mean, and it's funny that like the losing didn't get the shot con. All the poor decisions they get the shot con. None of the shenanigans what got the shot con. But Josh Lambeau says that Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg in preseason, and all of a sudden that's it. Okay, now we got it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like uh, we can't, we can't. And the funny thing is, we'll all talk about Urban Meyer, and he's going to be a punchline forever, and that's fine. I don't think I think he deserves it, but I think we can't let shot con off the hook here. Like. That organization is awful. Like they lose every single year. He made made the hire. He basically until he was forced to, and even in the statement, even when you know he is, I'm, I'm bitterly upset that I have to whatever. He was kicking and screaming, having hurt, having to fire Urban Meyer. Shotcut's not a good owner by any means at all, and I don't think he should be let off the hook here. He's he's you know if you look at Urban Meyer didn't invent losing in Jacksonville. That was going on long before he got there. And I think at some point we need to bring a little heat on Shad Khan and among all the the jokes about Urban and his tenure. 
He said everybody hated him. Like, like they despise this guy being around. It was kind of that way when Nick Saban was uh, coaching the uh, Miami Dolphins. But uh, he, uh, for some reason, at that point in time, uh, was, I guess, worthy of uh, more respect. But uh, now that it's over, I mean, uh, they literally put uh, a lot of people out of their misery with Urban Meyer. Maybe he goes back to uh, teaching integrity in class or whatever that was <laughs> that he was teaching at Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I think that I think that, that that time is probably best. It's just amazing all the people who make apologies for Urban Meyer too. Like everybody wants to prop this guy up. Like it is yeah. weird because he's a bad guy. Like I mean, he's, he's Brady Quinn go back the to all the stories about. Yeah, it's yeah, like what? Like no, let's let's not do the Urban Meyer redemption tour again. We, we did stop? it. Can we? <laughs> yeah. I I just we don't. don't I, yeah, I just can't. I just can't anymore with this guy. Unbelievable, yeah. All right, so Frank, always uh, very generous with your time. We appreciate you being a part of After Hours here on the Believe Podcast Network on the uh, After Hours with Defoe and Luby show. And uh, great, great stuff as always. Uh, thanks so much. We'll follow you on Yahoo Sports, on Twitter, and everywhere else that uh, your content uh, is released. And uh, it's always great having you on. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys. All right, happy holidays. Thanks uh, a lot. Frank Schwab, ladies and gentlemen. Urban Meyer is an easy one to toss out there, huh? I mean, all you got to do is say Urban Meyer. It really is like James Lipton. Remember James Lipton yeah, uh, inside the actor's studio, 100%. where uh, he would just he would, he would say to Dustin Hoffman, "The Graduate," and everyone would and the applaud. audience would just explode. They were up there, oh, yeah, right, right, right. and then the guy would uh, go into you know uh, his explanation of what happened there. Well, you know what? I wasn't going to take the part. Exactly. Always. <laughs> always. But all you have to do is say. Urban Meyer to anybody in sports, and they go off, man. It's like uh, tea time for Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie. All right, so a lot of fun being with you today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Believe Podcast Network, uh, Mike Luby-Lubitz, always a lot of fun. This is Christmas week. We're going to be busy uh, leading into the Christmas holidays, so uh, tune in uh, every day here on Believe. We'll have new stuff for you on After Hours, and if you uh, like what you hear here, Check out our uh, show, our, our daily show on Ion Channel, and you'll see audio and uh, video. You'll hear audio and see video streaming of the uh, program that we do, The Defoe Show, on IonChannel.com. You can just Google The Defoe Show and uh, get the full gist, uh, the heavy impact of what we try to do yes, every day, impact. being influencers yes. in the world of sport. That's us. Heavy impact and influencers all in the same sentence. Good We're for you. We're trying to change the world here. We're doing our best. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Make everybody realize how absurd it is. <laughs> Better living through chemistry. That's right. Uh, All right, uh, people, thanks so much for tuning in. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. That's uh, today's edition of After Hours here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, if you didn't catch, even though he handicapped oh, some yeah. games that took place over the weekend, if you didn't catch Brandon Lang, who also has his own podcast here, which must be hysterical. Yeah, it's got to be great. Since uh, the... Uh, the, the rant that he did on ours uh, about the Chargers game and Brandon Staley's strategy against the Kansas City Chiefs on the Thursday night football game yep. of uh, last week what was so vintage, so classic <laughs> that, uh, you know, I'm not inclined to ever go back and listen to anything that I've done because I was on the show, so I know yeah. what happened. Yeah. And I, I had to go back and listen to it and turn a bunch of my friends on to it. So if uh, you want to catch one, a classic there, I'm sure it's in the archives. On Believe Podcast Network, uh, they stack those up, right, Louis? I mean, you can catch anyone yeah, at any time. They're all there. They're all archived, and they all are really fun. If you get a chance, check all right, them out. Uh, you'll, you'll have a good time if you can catch that. Uh, Brandon Lang on the Friday show, last Friday's show here on Believe Podcast Network. So that's going to do it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for the downloads and uh, all the fine compliments. And thanks to Believe for having us on. For Mike Louie Lewitz, I'm Jeff DeForest saying, you've got to believe. 
recently realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.